What's up, guys? It's Mike from the Ice Coast Motocross Show. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, this week, we're actually back to an original style episode. It was just Jake and myself, and we had the opportunity to sit down with New York motocross legend Scott Sheik. And uh, we got to talk to him about a wide variety of things, ranging from his past experiences racing at the top level of motocross, uh, as well as some of his other experiences within the industry and uh, some of his future plans. Scott is uh, making a comeback to racing after six years of being away from the sport. And I know Jake and myself are super stoked to hear about that. Uh, and we were also super stoked to get him on the show and be able to uh, pick his brain about some of the things that he thinks about the industry and, and racing motocross in general. So we had a really great time talking to Scott, and we hope that you guys enjoy this episode. And we will get right into it. But as always, we want to just give a quick shout out to the people that support us week in and week out. So with that being said, we want to thank Mike Parker with Parker MX out of Greenwich, New York. Mike has an awesome shop and carries tons of brands that will help you look and feel great on the track. Be sure to check out his website, www.parkermx.com, or head into the shop to get yourself ready for the coming season. In addition to this, be sure to check out the awesome practice track that Mike has on site, open Thursdays and Sundays throughout the riding season. Be sure to mention the Ice Coast Motocross Show when you shop at Mike's shop to get 10% off of your purchase. And remember that Mike will be any online price. So uh, send your business to him and I know he will appreciate it and so will we. We're uh, very thankful to have Mike on board and we're very excited for some of the uh, ideas and opportunities that we have in the coming future. Next, we wanna thank Justin Proxima with Detour Media. Justin does awesome photography and videography work with motocross and a wide variety of other outdoor sports in general. Check him out at detour.media on Instagram to see his work and to hit him up for any ideas that you may have. Next, we want to thank Mike McInerney with Sandbox Kings out of Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Mike creates awesome graphics for dirt bikes, helmets, and just about anything else you can put a set of graphics on. Check him out at Sandbox Kings on Instagram to see his work and to get a kit going for your bike for the coming season. And when you do, be sure to mention the Ice Coast Motocross Show to get 15% off of your purchase. We want to thank Mike for coming on board and uh, hooking us up, which in turn will uh, hopefully hook you guys up and, and get you guys dialed for whatever you may be doing on two wheels or off two wheels. Who knows? Next, we want to thank Dage Campbell with DC3 Suspension Services out of Winchester, New Hampshire. Dage works with a wide range of riders all the way from mini riders to the pros and always delivers a great product that will help you ride your best. Check them out at DCIII Suspension Service on Facebook or at DCIII underscore suspension on Instagram to get it to get in touch with him about getting your bike suspension dialed for the coming race season. Next, we want to thank Lexi Ipe with Upstate Savvy. Upstate Savvy is a clothing company that Lexi created that designs and creates apparel that highlights the upstate and Adirondack regions of New York. Check her out at Upstate Savvy on Instagram to see some of the designs that she has come with, come up with. And also be sure to hit up her shop on Etsy to find the Ice Coast Motocross X Upstate Savvy collaboration t-shirt. Uh, we posted the shirt on our page a couple weeks ago, and we are super stoked on how it came out. And this week... Um, as always, just uh, shoot us a DM telling us your favorite quote from the show to be entered for a chance to win a free t-shirt. Um, 
And you can find us, of course, at icecoast__.mx on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, shoot us a DM, and maybe you'll uh, walk away with a free shirt out of the deal. And lastly, we want to thank Jared Wilkie with 777 by Design uh, out of Greenville, New York. I know uh, in past weeks I've said Ravina. Jared has actually moved locations. Um, so hopefully I didn't mislead you guys. But anyway, you can find Jared in Greenville. And uh, Jared recently started doing uh, custom-painted helmets, and he has some uh, killer designs as well as some killer skills. So uh, be sure to check out his page at 777 underscore by design on Instagram and hit him up for a custom helmet. Um, and be sure to mention the Ice Coast Motocross Show to get 20% off of your lid. With that being said, guys, that wraps up the sponsors. We want to thank you again for tuning in. And uh, we hope that you enjoy this episode. Thanks. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Ice Coast Motocross Show. Um, we're not doing a race review. It feels kind of weird. We've uh, we kind of started out on that new project, and the residency races at Atlanta kept us busy. Uh, three back to back to back races, so that was pretty exciting. But um, we're back doing uh, actually more of an original show than I think we've done in a while. Chris is not with us. Um, we did actually fire him. Uh, not really. He's just busy, and I don't know. He, I guess he didn't want to be with us tonight. So, Chris, uh, dude, your spot is you're really we're going to find someone else to replace you. I don't know. Um, anyway, we got Jake Starrett here. Jake, how are you? Great, man. Pumped for this episode. It's going to be sick. Yeah, so uh, getting back to the original style episode, we got a guest with us out of New York. He's been in New York, I believe, his whole life. Um, he can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, a a New York legend, I'll go so far as to say. Uh, he's been out of the scene for a little bit, came back, and naturally he won at Walden this weekend in the plus 40 class. Uh, the dude has probably forgotten more about dirt bikes than most of us will ever know. Um, but on top of all of that, he's a super rad dude, and we're, we're stoked to have him here. So uh, with that being said, Scott Sheik, man, what's up, dude? What's up? Well, probably my first life at BroMX. That I was actually scared. Well, I was like, "Oh, there's jumps and and a little bit of mud." Um, Jake was there and uh, came over and said said hi. And there was a big group of them, Kyle Hermans and and Weaver. And you know, it was just nice to see everybody. Um, kind of. That was my first little welcome back. So I appreciate that, Jake. And yeah, I no think, problem, hey, oh, 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 Mike, I think Chris. I was just thinking, because when this past weekend at Walden, when we were down studying lines, because the college boy went first, and then us plus 40 guys went second, so I was down there looking at the at the gates, and he had the best gate, definitely, and I, I wanted to get in that, but... Um, but I bet you, I bet you that's where he is. He's probably back at Walden checking out that gate, wondering why he didn't get the whole shot. Wow! Well, <laughs> uh, shots fired. 
So yeah, no, and that <laughs> really that's that's kind of part of our problem with Chris. You know, he he steals the best gates and then uh he gets subpar starts, he gets subpar results. We've we've had it with him. We're you know, Chris, if you listen to this dude, yeah, you better qualify this summer cuz otherwise you're gone. We'll we'll replace you and and I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um so yeah, so you, you kind of touched on it a little bit when you you said uh, you're kind of first welcome back at at Bro MX, um, which is a super cool track. I know I've been there a couple times. Uh, Jake's been there a couple times. Um, so I think that's that's probably the the highlight of this whole thing is is you're making, I guess a, a comeback. Um, for a while there, I I didn't think I'd ever see you on two wheels again. Um, but it's, it's rad that you're coming back and it's rad to see out and, and dicing it up still. So what's your, uh, what, what's your game plan? I mean, are you, you keeping it local or are you going to try for Loretta's? Um, I know our boy, Alex, he hooked you up with an FXR deal. So things are legit. You know, you got, you got the Cowie back, the number four, you're in the right gear. It's looking promising. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Well, when I, when I, anything with racing, whenever I do something, I, I kind of, I do a nice little package, you know, I don't mess around. I do it right. Like if you ever come over and check out my bikes and anything that I have, it's, it's on it for a reason, you know, and, uh, I've got great, I've got great, like almost, I would say like lifetime sponsors, you know, and lifetime lifetime people behind me i mean everybody that helps me that still to this day has helped me like throughout my whole career so um you know even 100 percent. i mean even though it hasn't been out for that long but ludo the owner of the company he used to he used to be a representative for breaking and he sponsored me back in i don't know 95 you know the guy ended up starting one industries and tag tag yeah. metals you know and then i was with one industries you know and and then um and then he had a he had a kid and then went back to france for a while traveled the world and and then started 100 percent. which that story if you guys really know that story about 100 percent you you look at my Honda poster in 97 I have a 100% sticker under my fender for factory Honda you know and 100% goggles weren't out then that's the 100% you know I had 100% numbers and the guy that had that company Drew um he's not with us anymore I mean he was the nicest guy it was a lot behind that that 100% so but Ludo owns that now and and Bevo is there too which was one of my first sponsors when I was Scott. Scott Goggles was one of my first sponsors when I was nine. But, you know, Bevo went over to 100%. And uh, so that's a given. I'm 100%, you know. But uh, that's such a great, I mean, who, how can you, you, how can you make up a pair of goggles that like, that is so good, but so cheap? I mean, how can you <laughs> not, like, like if I was to buy, uh, how could you not? They all the same. It's like glass. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyways, um, what did you say? Uh, what, see, that, <laughs> this is hey, my my head injuries. Yeah, the head. <laughs> well, 
we'll, we'll get I, into I'll, the head injuries. But so, um, what I was wondering is, what, what are your plans for the coming season? You, are you looking at Loretta's? Are you looking just to stay local? Oh, what do you yeah, think? Yeah. Oh, oh, of course, of course. Um, that was my goal. I go, you know, I said, well, first of all, it's been six years, okay, and my wife. She does like I, I I like you know I I'm like a training fool you know I like to be all buck like cut you know she don't like it she don't like it she, she wants she wants me you know nice and fluffy and you know <laughs> uh, and uh, she likes the to feed me so six years uh six years I'm like a little meatball right now so I'm like okay if I'm getting on a bike you know I'm like okay. This is my goal. I'm, I'm going to do Loretta's. I'm going to do plus 45 for sure. And uh, so um, this kind of everything. I was going to race last year. And then so like I started diet, you know, and, you know, I got a whole started put together my deals, you know, cows and all that stuff and everything came together. So, um you know, I, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm training, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready for, you know, I figured I, I just, uh, you know, qualify for the plus 45, but this year, you know, I'm just going to stay in the, in the plus class, you know, plus 40, you know, just so I don't, um, I don't have any more head injuries or anything like that. And, um, you know, I, I miss the motocross community, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's just, that and and being on the bike it's just i can't stay away and i tell you you know five years ago you know four years ago three years ago i would say if i ran into you i would i would tell you that i I wasn't getting on a bike ever again you know i I just it just it just it slowly started to come back and it's just like you know hey you know, I'm talking to my wife. I'm like, you know, you know, maybe let's just let's let's look at this different. And she's like, you know, she's like, you know, you should, Scott. You know, I mean, I hate to say this, but she's like, at least you'd be doing something you love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but but I, you know, I'm not putting myself in that position. I'm just gonna, you know, you know. And then I, you know, um, that in mind, you know, you know, I see. You know, because I keep track of everything on Facebook. You know, I'm like one of them Facebook stalkers, maybe. You know, I'm always, <laughs> I never, I never post, but I always know what's going on in the racing world because I have so many, and I just kind of read off their posts. So, um, you know, I see guys like Mike Brown. And, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, coming, you know, he, I don't think he ever stopped, but I did get a hold of Mike and Mike, Mike did put a word into Andy for me. And I got to thank Mike Brown for that. He is a good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, along with, you know, along with Alex, for sure. I reached out to Alex and, uh, man, good, good kid, not kid, but, you know, just good, good dude. I mean, I, I, I just talked to him. We'll, we'll talk for an hour. Like, no, I actually think I talked to him. I actually think I, yeah, I was over two hours around the phone. Like, yeah. like the first time we talked, we had so much, we had so much personally, like, you know, off the track and, and things. And, 
man, it's just, it's cool, you know, you, and, and you find that in the motocross community, you know, it's just nothing like that, it's cool. Yeah. But that's, uh, yeah, that's my plan. We got a qualifier coming up, right, at Walden. Walden next weekend, yeah. So are you gonna run? Uh, you gonna run Claverack this weekend? The the home turf. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's. Uh, I wish they were part. I wish they they were part of the the MSC. You know, District Thirty Four thing still, but I mean, or you know, but you know, it is what it is. But um, yeah, I'm gonna definitely go out there and and. Uh, and rip it up <laughs> so we uh quite a few times we, we've taken a jab at uh ronnie rothgrantz on here we we call him the old guy um <laughs> you, you gonna <laughs> you you gonna go out there and and show him or show him the way around the track or or what ron? oh ron he just man what was my we just we we're just messaging just maybe the other day right before walden oh i i you know what I respect Ron. I I always me and oh I love him. He he's he's a great rider. Um, I I I always loved racing with him. Um, but no, I'm not gonna race him. I that was what I asked him. I said you're not forty yet. I said no. I said I hope you're not forty yet. <laughs> but he's like no. I got a while. I forgot what he said he was. I was like perfect. He's thirty six, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's not. He, he's got. He's got a little bit. I said perfect. You're not gonna run that plus thirty class. Uh, not right away. No, not right away. Well, EJ EJ Kuhn is my. He's my mechanic, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would say. You know, I mean, I do my bike work, but you know, he's EJ's gonna be with me every weekend. So he's gonna be down there. He's he he's my guy, so, um, which I I'm very happy about, but I forgot what I was gonna say. Well, yeah, so yeah, so basically, you're gonna you're gonna take it easy, go you know, go in the plus oh, oh, 40, no, no. 45. Oh, this is what it was. EJ and I were talking. He said, um, because we're of course we're watching the A classes, you know, the pro am and stuff like that. And then EJ's like, you know, my wife's right there. And he's like, well, I think my wife asked if if I'm going to, you know, do anything else besides a plus 40. And uh, EJ was like, he was like, well, I think we're going to just wait until Scott gets up to speed and a little bit in shape. And then well, we might do some A classes. <laughs> EJ, you know, and he's like, we, and I'm like, I'm like, yep, that sounds good to me. He's he's coaching you through it, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, there you go. I said that sounds like a plan. I said let me let me get on this for a little while, and then and then we'll decide down the road. Maybe jump in once in a while. Yeah. But, well, like, you know, you don't want to hurt those guys' feelings too. You know, guy like you. How, how old are you now, Scott? You're you're forty. What? Seven. 47. 47. Yeah, so you know, none of those guys in the plus 30 <laughs> class want a 47 year old going out there and, and spanking them all over the track. So, look, I think you're yeah, doing the right thing. I think you're saving a lot of people's heartbreak, you know? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> and then, 
Yeah, but but so the last time it wasn't that bad when I was 41. Now, now it's like really a lot worse, especially when you're getting up to the 50. You know, it's like, yeah, I think you're right on that. But I know when I was 41 and I was doing it, you know, the guys were pretty respectful. They they were like, hey, at least we got beat by you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. Or, or that's what they told me, anyways. At least they got beat by you instead of some others, you know. You yeah. and Carlo Cohen, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you had you had mentioned earlier head injuries, and and you know, there's, I'm sure there's a whole list of of tales and stories, but I mean. Kind of starting from the bottom. How old were you when you when you got into the sport, and and what did that look like? Were you uh, was it something that you had kind of always been involved in, or just one day got on a bike and it kind of went from there? Well, I live right next to a fruit farm, Fixes, and David Fix used to race, and Scott Hermance, which is Kyle Hermance's father. So we had they had a track up here on the farm. And uh, David had, I was out of control when I was young. David suggested to my father, get me a motorcycle at four and a half. And uh, I was four and a half. And, and that was it. I never got off of it. That's yeah. all I wanted to do. And um, so I was up here. Um, David always had a track here on the farm. And, uh, and, uh, and it was me, David, and Scott. You yeah. Know, Scott. Scott Hermance and David Fix, they were they were both on big bikes, you know, and I was on a fifty, you know. Um, but you know, that was that was about it. I never got off of it. And they always had a track here, so that's and my first race was at Clarvick in nineteen seventy nine and I won. And that was the end of that. Naturally. Naturally. I had, a, I had a really good my amateur career was really good. I mean nine years old like just like what was pretty cool when i was working with nicholas is like he was nine too when kawasaki picked him up and i was nine when kawasaki i, I remember going to minios when i was nine on 60s and kawasaki picked me up and fox and scott goggles and um and back then so i was like I was with Team Green. I was with Kawasaki all the way up until my into my pro career until I started signing with teams. And then, you know, and now and then once I got older, I, you know, and the vet stuff when I came back, I was with Kawasaki. So I kind of look at it like I started and I ended with them. Yeah. You know? And I, I'm pretty much I would think I'm pretty much life with them. Yeah, I sent an email over to Lisa Team Green, and right away they got me on the team. They were like, they're like, whatever you want, Scott. They're they're just they're just great, you know. That's awesome. And then and plus I I worked for Kawasaki in 2000. Well, I ran a Kawasaki team. I managed the Kawasaki team. Um, and then uh, then I worked for Kawasaki in R and D. I actually was the um one of the head um technicians test riders for the 450 when it came out nice so that's a funny i gotta tell you a funny story about that 
Okay. So, let, us, let, let, let it bring it on. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm at, so I'm working for Kawasaki, you know, in-house Irvine, you know, I'm testing all the time. So they say, they say, listen, um, we got to get a 450 ready for James Stewart. I'm like, <laughs> and we want you to do it. I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, heck yeah. I mean, what, what does that entail, you know? Well, you got to go out to the Supercross track and get it all set up and get it, you know, get it good for them. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is like, this is 2005, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm like, I've been off a Supercross track for like years, you know, I'm like, and they're going to put me on a Supercross track on a 450. Like this is before the 450 came out, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, this is crazy. But you're like, I can't say no, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, so I'm out there at Supercross track on a 450. Take a couple slow laps. I I'll never forget it. And I'm like, I'm like, how do you? How can you even time something on a 450? It's got so much power, right? You know. And uh, oh, the first triple. I'm like, I'm like going around. And I'm getting mad, you know. And there's Japanese guys there that can't even speak English. There's like. There's like, you know, they're, they're watching me, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm setting up this bike for, for Stuart and, uh, you know, I got to do triple, I got to do everything, you know, <laughs> and I, the first triple I hit, man, I tell you, I flat landed that thing. I, I like, <laughs> I didn't even come close to the landing. I think, I think it was so fast and I was like, but you know, I picked it up and, uh, and then, um, and then another day I was out the test track again still setting up the bike for james and uh um you know him and his father stopped out and they're like hey scott you know how you doing you know and i'm like good like how's the bike i'm like it's it's great you know (laughs) suspension works good (laughs) i'm like you want it you want it because i'm done (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) yeah my head i'm like i'm done with the supercross and uh but um yeah they were all happy and then you know, I then I got to see him, you know, actually for the first time because it took him a while to want to get on that 450, you know, on, oh. the, on the four stroke in general. Right. So, so that was a pretty cool deal, you know. Yeah. It'll be part of that. So, so kind of going back through your your amateur, you know, you, you worked worked for Kawasaki and, and you were with Kawasaki. uh your amateur days when you got up into the pros what did you race for kawasaki in the in the pros or did you Um, how did that work out one year you know what only one year and that was for mitch you know i was i mean everything for so that was a pro circuit team in 98 um but you know most of my career i mean mitch was like i mean he brought me out to california so i mean pro circuit was like he was like my race father, really. He kind of took me under his wing, but um, no, I raced for um, race for Yamaha with the boys in Yamaha '94. You know, and then I went privateer for a couple of years, but but '94 I also had a a deal to race for Mitch on the Pro Circuit team. I think it was Pro Circuit, where it was like right when they went to Cali, or it might have been still a Honda. No, I don't know in '94. But I didn't want to go out to California. I was scared. So I stayed here and rode boys in Yamaha. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
and then I didn't have too good of a year, so I went I went on privateer for a couple of years, but you know, I ended up doing really well and getting I I did so well them two years that you know I ended up getting a factory Honda ride, and uh, so I was with Honda for a couple of years, and uh, and then uh, and then I went to pro circuit. And then I went switched back. To, uh, I just went to Kawasaki, and then um, and then I had hit that tree in Southwick, and that was like one of my worst concussions. Um, and uh, I ended up, you know, I was I was like that was like ninety, that was like ninety nine, you know. And then you know I I went. I don't know, you know, the racing is so unstable, you know, one minute you're on top, one minute you're on the bottom, and, you know, I was looking for something different, so I went over, I, I actually, I actually hooked a deal to go over to, um, to Europe and do the world championship, so, like, in 2000, I went and raced for, um, Rob Hooper, which is, it's an English-based team, Suzuki team, so it was Suzuki Europe. And, uh, and that was, so I raced over and did the world championships in, in 2000. And then, um, then I signed for Honda Europe for 2001 and I did the GPs again, but for Italian Honda team. And then, um, and then that was it. Then I came back to the States and raced, I think I raced another year and a half until my head injuries were really it was just it was just um you know really bad the doctors are saying you know what are you doing you want to be a vegetable and you know you gotta stop so i went into management you know i ended up in 2001 i think it was 2002 one of them years um i went from racer to manager and so like you know, Kenny Watson, that was my mechanic, was actually my, my my manager at the time. And then he ended up uh, left and went to go do something else. And I took over the management position. And then the next couple of years I managed, I, met, I built my own team. And then uh, it was a Kawasaki team, you know. So I started managing that Honda team that actually folded. And then I started another team and that was Kawasaki pro circuit team, not, you know, not Mitch's team, but a, another one. Mm-hmm. And it was, good. it was good. It was, it was, it was fun. And then, um, then I went into, um, then I went to work just for Kawasaki and R and D just to stay home more because managing was, was actually harder than racing because, um, it was just really long hours. Oh, I can imagine. A lot of work. Nice experience, but just just a little bit too much for me. Yeah. So, you know, quite a few different teams. Yeah. You know, but but and then and then like along like along with that, you know, like when I was with Honda, you know, I was around during when they went from steel to aluminum frame. So I I did a lot of testing, and that that was one reason why I had gotten a job at, at Kawasaki, or I was actually you know, a candidate 
for that position because I was, I did a lot of testing for pro circuit. I did a lot of testing for Suzuki. I did a lot of testing for all the manufacturers that I used to race for. Sure. Yeah. I, I became like, I became like really, really good at it. You know, I mean, I never say that about myself about anything because I'm, I'm pretty, pretty humble and, and most in, in, in all due respect, you know, but you know, I did get really good at, at testing yeah and and knowing things nice yeah so that's kind of why that happened so um back in your in your pro career i mean the you know you hear the name scott chic and then and then people start talking like uh oh yeah dude he he beat ricky carmichael one time so you clearly did beat ricky carmichael where where was that race? What what was that race like? I mean, what were you? Uh, was that during your privateer years? Were you on the Honda? What were you doing? Yeah, I was on the Honda. Um, but as, what was pretty cool about it, I'm only one of eight people to ever beat them. Because <laughs> eight, eight people have. There's only been eight people that have. I wish I beat them at Southwick when I hit the tree. I think I had a good chance then. I, and um, I had some other chances. Uh, in 97 but I had a few um, mechanicals that year um, yeah not not Honda's not Honda's fault at all uh, but um, but it was uh, yeah it was that was high point 1997 that I went 1-1 but and it was it was it was a mud race, so they were calling Davy Davy Coombs called me the mud monster. <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of guys that won mud mud races. You know, Dowd won his first national. I think it was I can't believe I remember this, but John John won his first national at Sacramento, um, California in the mud. But um, that's because and hey oh and when I was over in England. If I didn't if I didn't practice when it was raining or in the mud, I would never practice. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. Like, like I had, like I had to when I was over across seas. I had to practice in the rain. Like I'm yeah. talking a rain suit and in the <laughs> rain. Or if if you waited it, if you waited yeah, for it to get dry, you couldn't you couldn't ride. You know yeah. What I mean? So, you know, I, I uh, you know, it was just from, you know, racing growing up. Um, my father would, would uh, you know, I, I didn't care if it, it was wet, muddy, or dry, dusty. I would ride no matter what. Yeah. So, hey, no, that's, that's part of the whole, uh, the whole Ice Coast experience, man. I mean, those, yeah. that's, I guess, something we can kind of take pride in the Northeast. I guess we, uh we're good in the mud, you know, look yeah. at, uh, look at a guy like, like Bam Bam or, um, yeah. Oh, did I mean, he's... you see him? I could not believe it. I, I wish he'd stayed up. That was awesome at Atlanta, man. I'd watching him, but you could see oh, he was yeah. on the edge. I, if he just backed it down just a little bit, cause he yeah. had it, man. He had it. Yeah. That was nice to see. He looked, that was awesome. He did look really good. But, oh man. But, uh, 
So you know what? You know how I look at mud at riding in the mud. You know what? What worked for me is like no matter what. Well, first of all, I wouldn't even continue to race if I I was I, I wouldn't have fun. You know, like I, you got to keep it fun. I believe. Right. You know, you always have to have fun on that bike, no matter if it's a job or not. You know, because it you you know it's so dangerous. Yeah. You know, and and um, but. You know, I, I don't know what I was going to say. See, there goes my brain. <laughs> but I was going to remind me, what, what, what was I going to say? Uh, talk, just riding keep, in the mud. Keeping it fun, riding in the, in oh, the yeah, mud. And... Yeah, that's what it was. That, like, like, and I told I told somebody this weekend, I was like, dude, if it's muddy and, and, and that track is crappy, I mean, just go and just have fun. Go rip, go roost somebody. Yeah. You know? Just yeah. go roost somebody, you know. You know, throw a whip, you know, just, just have fun, you know, and, and that's what I did every time. And it worked for me, you know, I would go out yeah. if it's raining. I, I remember when I was a kid, if it started pouring, I'm like, yeah, all right. My dad would be laughing and I'd be laughing. I'm like, and my dad would be like, just go rip it up. Just go have fun. I don't care how you do. Just go have fun. Yeah. You know, it's all mental. Yeah, yeah, there's no sense. There's no sense getting all stressed out. Oh, the track sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who wants it? You know, we're doing this. I don't know. I do it for fun. Yeah. You know, I do it because I love it. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not going to go out and ride a track if I'm not loving it. Yeah. Right. What do I got to do? I got to be like, okay, I'm going to go roost somebody. I'm going to go hit a puddle. I don't know. You know? <laughs> yep. You no, know I remember. You know what we used to do if there was a bunch of us practicing if it started raining? We would look at each other and say, it's on. (laughs) Who could take, we would go out for fun. We would try to take each other out. Yeah. We would would try roosting each other, you know, just getting them all muddy, you know. That's awesome. No, I remember one time, I think it was the first year I ever started racing. Um, I had seen you at, at, it was at an Echo Valley race and, uh, I don't know. I forget. I was like bummed about something and I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like nervous going up to this race. And you're like, dude, when you're out there, you just got to think happy thoughts. And I, rem- I vividly remember that because every now, na- every time that I go out and ride now, it's like, Hey man, you just got to have fun. So that's, that's cool. You know, keep it, keep it fun. Keep it, you know, yeah. no pressure. And, and you know what? And you know what? That might not be the right word for it i just think it's like probably the most general word for it you know the word fun yeah you know what i mean it's like because you know i don't know you know I, i'm not talking like a fun like a ha ha he yeah sometimes yeah but you know but like a enjoyment like a passion like you know a just you know, not being, you know, not getting mad, not getting discouraged because, you know, if your mind isn't right, and that's, that's the one thing that I, I stress upon a lot is, is just being smart and, and really thinking if your mind's not right. I mean, it's so easy, you know, for something to happen. And I mean, we, we put our lives on the line every time we throw our bike, our, our leg over the bike. You know what yeah. I mean? It's that dangerous. I mean, it can happen. You know what I mean? And, 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 you know, it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. You know, so, you know, if your mind's not right, 
you know, that's a lot of times that's when you get hurt. Yeah. You know, if if I'm not if I'm not if I'm mad or if I'm upset, you know, that's the times that I make mistakes and get hurt. So like if I'm like hating a track and that thing, oh it's all muddy, ah oh, blah blah, you know what? That track's gonna get me. Yeah. Because I'm gonna get out there because I'm already not in the right state of mind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. So so you know, it's not I don't think uh you know, I think it's something that's easily, you know, you can, you can look past, you know, like, you know, not really think about it that way, you know, and, and yeah. wonder why, hey, wonder why you crash so much in a mud race. Yeah. That's because you're all stressed out to start with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. So you had mentioned that you went over to Europe and you were racing over there um, kind of after maybe a little bit after the fact of, of racing over here. Well, what was that experience like? I don't actually think I knew that you went over there. How did you do over there? Did you have, I mean, I clearly you had fun. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's but, different. Yeah. It was different. I kind of went over there just to, you know, I had been going back and forth. I've been, I had been doing a lot of supercrosses like Paris and Bercy and, and all kinds of different supercrosses before I went over there full time. But, mm-hmm. but I wanted to travel the world, you know, and I wanted yeah. to take, I wanted to take the opportunity to go places. I mean, I've raced everywhere from Australia to Brazil, you know, all throughout, mm-hmm. all throughout, you know, Europe, but, um, you know, it, it, uh, it was a nice experience. I mean, I did well. You know, I mean, I didn't win no champions, world championship or anything. It's a lot different racing over there. The track's set up different. Yeah. Uh, if I stayed longer, I probably would have done better. But um, but I just I uh, just stayed for a short period of time, just because I just it was just a great opportunity. Um, but it, you know what? All in all, it just it made me appreciate what we have here in the U.S. It really, it really did because yeah. we have it all. We have it all here. Yeah. You know? I it was it was pretty cool. I mean, all the races I would go to, like, like, you, I would see American flags, and it was usually people from. It was usually military guys from their bases. You know, say mm-hmm. if I was in Germany, you know. I would see all the American flags out there by the track and they would come afterwards and you know you from base it's just like America, you know. And uh mm-hmm. it was pretty when you look at, at 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 things a lot different. I think I definitely I, I never really thought about being so proud to be American, you know, until I went over there. Yeah. Because I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go to Ireland and say, "Hey, I'm Irish." They would laugh at me. Yeah. You know, I got, I got, I got. You know, my my, you know, my family's got a lot of Irish in it, in it. You know, but but I don't go to Ireland and say I'm Irish. Right. I right. go there. Yo, know, I go there and I say I'm American and I'm proud of it. You know. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know, and uh, and uh, so that was. You know, I never really looked at things like that. So, yeah, but that was probably one of the biggest things that I, I got out of it. It just it, it made me proud of, of, of where we're from, you know. Yeah. Proud of the USA, you know. No, it's uh, cool. Convenience. I mean, yeah. some of the countries are crazy. 
You know, I'd be in Spain like nothing. You can't even go out to eat there like on siesta all day. You know, I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking storefronts just locked up with like these big metal things. You can't even see if there's a store there. Like everybody's, you know, hanging out and then you can't eat until like nine o'clock at night until anything opens. And they stay up all night. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Yeah. No, that's that's cool. That's that's uh, that's a, a hey. different perspective for sure. I feel like you don't hear a lot of people that have had that experience say kind of what you just said, you know, to, to see these countries and how different they are. And then you come back here and realize what we got. And that's awesome. Yeah. That's, well, I that's lived cool. in Italy. I lived in Italy. Right. And plus, I did a lot of traveling. But when I came back to the States, I tell you what, I bet you it took me a year to eat Italian food. You think about, <laughs> hey. You think about eating bread, cheese, and pasta every day. Well, I, like they didn't have much to choose from other than that. You go to the <laughs> store, you buy your bread, you buy your cheese, you know, you have your pasta, and you know, and you have your pizza, and <laughs> and, and 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 then that's it. I tell you, I didn't want I didn't want nothing to do with Italian food for I bet you like a year. Well, I'm Italian, so that kind of that, that sounds like it, it'd suit me pretty pretty well. Well, bread I, and cheese, well, man. That's no, no. You, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. <laughs> you think about how many you could put. I could eat Italian food maybe like a couple times a week, you know, or yeah, you know, when I was younger, a lot, but like every day, it's hard. It gets old, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So. Like, Oh, I got it. Sorry, I got an alarm going off here. Um, for okay, full disclosure, eight twenty-eight every night. If we're recording an episode and you hear a uh, an alarm go off from me, it's actually a, an ongoing joke. And this this isn't so much for you, Scott. This is just because I've had this alarm happen like nine times as we've been recording. Um, yeah. <laughs> Me and an old roommate have a thing where we have to say goodnight to another roommate, and it's kind of a race to to say goodnight first. So with that being said, goodnight, Timmer. Um, <laughs> anyways, moving forward. Um, Is Timmer, Timmer your, your roommate? No, well, he was in college up, oh, up, at, oh, up okay. at school. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, oh, nice. it's, a, it's an ongoing joke. I don't know when it's going to end, but uh, oh, well. So anyway, if you if you hear a song for another time, folks, uh, come on at at eight twenty eight when we're recording. I apologize, it's uh, it's an ongoing thing. So, anyways, um, so yeah, that, that's pretty cool. So you've you've clearly you've had a lot of different experiences, you know, racing motocross and and being all over the world and and. Uh, you know, racing the pro nationals here and you beat one of eight people to beat Ricky Carmichael. So that's pretty cool. But, um, coming away from that, I mean, you, you, you touched on it a couple times here with head injuries and stuff. I mean, how much, what, what was the timeline of, of these head injuries? It sounds, you know, it's a reoccurring issue. You ran into a tree. I mean, what did that do for your career? You know, how did that, 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 my head injury started when I was a kid, when I'd shoot. I got, I mean, I got kicked by a horse when I was a little kid. I think I had more concussions when I was small, um, which are worse, you know, because your brain, 
develops isn't fully developed until you're 25 like right around there give or take mm-hmm. and um you would think that head injuries when you're young you would you know kind of be like a bone you'd heal faster but but it doesn't work that way you actually do do more damage because your brain isn't developed all the way so with that said you know like i i was i most of my head injuries i mean i you know, they weren't no big thing when I was a kid. You know, I'd wake up at the camper and my dad would be like, you all right? And I'm like, well, not really. Well, well, we, your race is coming up. You better get out there. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was no big deal. Throw so, some dirt on I mean, it and yeah, call it good. You know, looking back, looking back, I mean, I've had, you know, so many grade threes, which are like, you know, out waking up in a hospital. So... You know, but I was, I started to seek help, um, in 98 Yeah. for, for problems. You know, I knew something was going on, um, up there, you know, and, yeah. um, but I was misdiagnosed and, and, and prescribed, you know, you know, stuff that I didn't need, especially antidepressant stuff, you know, um, um, for years until the whole concussion thing came out and like, I mean, that didn't even really come out until like 2006, maybe a little bit after that, 2008. Mm-hmm. But then when that, so I was seeking help for 10 years before that, but then, but then even when it came out, the, it was hard to find doctors that do anything about it, you yeah. know? So, you know, it took a while of, uh, you know, and, and then with my head getting worse, um, you know, knowingly, um, you know, to get the proper help, you know? Yeah. So, you know, in the, in the, in the meantime, you know, throughout the, you know, as it gotten worse and, you know, and before I knew, you know, like now, like now after I got the right help and I know what's going on you know, not only can I cope with it, you know, I, you know, I have the right medication cause I know exactly what's going on. Right. So, you know, you know, and that's kind of where I am today with it, you know, but you know, for the longest time, you know, it's like, you know, you know, I never stopped trying to get help for it. Yeah. You know, cause I knew, I mean, I, I could give you an example. I, I remember, I mean, I don't know when this was. This is some years ago. And, you know, and this is after, like, calling my doctor. I had this great doctor here in Hudson. And, and I mean, I go into him all the time. I'm like, Doc, man, I need help. But, man, this one day, I'm, 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 I'm in the garage. It's a beautiful, sunny, sunny day. I'm in my shop, which I've got a view. It's beautiful. You know, I'm in the chair. I mean, it's the perfect day. I have no worries. And um, and I'm just sitting there crying. I'm crying. And then, you know, I'm like, what the hell am I crying for? You know, I'm like, think about happy thoughts, ha- happy thoughts. You know, and then I start, you know, I'm okay. I'm laughing. And then I'm crying again, you know, and I'm like, and I'm going, you know, there's just something wrong with me, you know. And I'm like, I'm like on the phone with my doctor. I'm like, listen, doc, I'm like you know, I need help there, you know, something's going on and I just can't take it, you know? 
and um, so you know it it was it was hard and then i you know and then you know with the with that you know so that you know i don't we were kind of joking off off this before you know i was like i don't really do i don't do drugs so you know <laughs> the only other thing is to drink alcohol so um you know before i knew really what was going on you know i was dealing with major depression disorder you know mm-hmm. so so one of my biggest and everybody that deals with you know head injuries everybody has different um they'll have different um symptoms yeah that's why it's so hard to treat um so one of my symptoms is the depression so you know without knowing that you know i'm resulting to alcohol to kind of maybe help me what i'm thinking is maybe going to help me a little bit but in actuality it was making it 10 times worse that i really didn't i really didn't know yeah at the time you know and then next thing you know you know i'm you know i'm a mess with you know drinking and you know and um you know basically you know made my depressing depressive even i mean so bad i mean i i mean i've gone to fifth floors you know i've gone try to get help like i mean really bad stuff you know you know fifth floors i'm talking like suicidal stuff you know um you know just like you know and that's why you know i said to you guys before you know you see dave mira you know him taking his life so i had friends that's took in their lives you know and and it's you know it's definitely from symptoms of the head injuries that we've had you know um you know so i was i was very thankful that i never gave up and i actually went and you know i actually went down to florida and uh and and went to this facility i mean it was all i mean there was a guy making 22 million a year you know i was with i mean there was all football players you know and and retired football players like Super Bowl winners and and um, and we're and the, and the, and they had a big staff of doctors, psychiatrists, I mean massage therapists. I mean we were getting. I mean this is like I'm talking five star chef, you know. <laughs> like this is like a, a facility that was like, you know, to you know to, to help. To yes, to, to yeah. help to, to to learn how to deal with, you know, um, to to treat you know guys with head injuries. I was the only one there from racing. There was baseball guys there, um, pro guys. Um, there was hockey pro guys there, um, but I was the only guy there from motocross, and uh, um, and there I was able to get the help that I needed. That, you know, and it's. Uh, you know, first of all, trying to find a doctor and, you know, cause everyone's different. You, you got to find your symptoms and then treat your symptoms. And then, you know, like I said, everyone's different. And then, and then still, so like now I still got to get, you know, I get, I go in every three months, no matter what, you know, if something's changing, you know, I know what to do, you know, there's something else going on, but things are going to get worse. Things are going to, you know, um, I expect that, you know, I have onset, um, dementia already, you know, I've taken all these neurological, like these tests, like these guys, I've done so much stuff like the, I forgot what a neuropsych test, 
you know, and, uh, you know, so she, you know, I've got the onset, whatever it is, dementia already. And like, uh, my processing skills aren't good. They're really slow. Memory's really bad, but you know, um, uh, but that's so that's, uh, the name of the game. You know what I mean? There's nothing yeah. I can do, but you know what? I think, I, I thank God that, that like, I know what I'm dealing with. Yeah. That I'm just not like because it really could drive someone crazy. It almost drove me into the ground, you know. Um, but um I'm always when I'm when I'm out the track or if I'm if I'm anywhere, um I usually bring up, you know, some kind of head thing or somebody hits their head, I always suggest them um I show people how to look at the helmets to know if they're not good anymore. Yeah. Um, um i always suggest good helmets you know even though the helmet is really just gonna help you not explode your head you know because i've seen guys get really bad concussions um and still aren't right today by not even hitting their head um but um it's always good to have a safe helmet as safe as you can yeah which i'm happy i'm gonna be using that 6d this year yeah um, with the fxr you know yeah, um, yeah. but um so i i and and like you know and you always want to go to the hospital to just get an x-ray to make sure you don't have any bleeding in the yeah. brain you know because you know you can hit your head you you if you see a light that's a grade two concussion you know if you just see a light that's a bad concussion and um i mean you could have br- brain bleeding and not even know it yeah you know that's serious no yeah it's for sure it's it's scary stuff i mean you know it's it's like you said i mean fortunately enough you were able to find you know good help and and people that kind of knew what was going on so that's i mean you know that's awesome but that's uh yeah i I guess that's kind of uh like you said it's the risk we take you know yeah riding and racing i mean even even at a local level, you know, if you're a guy like myself or Jake, you know, anything can happen. Um, yeah. Well, you think about it. Think about when you crash and how many times you hit your head. Yeah. You usually, you use, if you're going to take a hard hit, if you take a good tumble, more than likely you hit your head. Yeah. yeah. You know. There's, yeah. I don't know for you, Mike, but I know I had one bad concussion at Twister out to start and I didn't remember where I parked. I thought the track changed. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was bad. Like I finished the race, and I don't know how. Like I, I don't remember. I guess I pulled over. Davey, my cousin, was like, "You all right?" And I guess like I fell off the bike or whatever. Don't remember any of that. So like concussion, yeah. concussions are no joke. Like yeah. they're scary. Yeah, absolutely. That's and kind of. Get, it. And you know what? Too is like you have to take that time off afterwards because you know you could you you they're deceiving because you can't see the damage. Right, you know? and so you you think you start. Oh yeah, I feel better, blah blah blah, but you're not. You know what yeah. I mean? You got to say, okay, I got to take a month off, you know, and just let my brain heal because it's swollen in there, you know. And uh, so it's I uh, I always try to um, you know uh, uh, share my knowledge with with other people on on that. Yeah. You know, I do have a lot of knowledge with the head injuries. 
and uh, I mean that. that kind of uh, tying it into the racing that we saw. I mean, you look at um, the seems like we keep coming back to the topic, but Cameron McAdoo's crash at Atlanta. You yeah. know, a lot of people argue that he probably should not have lined back up. I mean, if that's when you, I don't know if you watched the race. I'm assuming you yeah, did. Yeah, I see, I seen it. When you saw it, I mean, what? What goes what goes through your head as you as you see someone take a crash like that? I mean, do you, what do you think personally? Do you think he should have lined back up? Do you think he was in a right state of mind? I mean, you can argue that these helmets are good, but yeah, you know, well, it's kind of hard to say. Last the last the last time I I actually like crashed into a a, a tabletop face like that, I didn't actually I wasn't lucky enough to kind of keep on going. And up and over, I actually hit it and stopped. Stopped, yeah. Know, right on my back. I didn't even move. I broke all kinds of ribs, like on my back next to my spinal cord. So somehow, however he went with that bike, it that bike, how he got like locked in with that bike, it actually kept his momentum going. I mean, I, I, I was like, it was amazing because. You know, if he just piled straight into that face, I mean, it could have been so much worse. He just definitely, that kid's definitely have something looking over him because, you know, and then I seen the crash the following, like, week or whatever. Yeah, yeah, practice. Oh, man, there's, you know, this kid is, uh, you know, he's he's got somebody watching over him, you know. Yeah. But um. And then even in the main event, he got landed on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I you know, it's hard for me to say because you know, I don't know if he actually did hit. Yeah, it does. You would think that he hit his head, and um, you know, he did lay there like it looked like he was knocked out, mm-hmm. you know, at first. And I would, I would have said that he, he's knocked out, yeah, but um, but then again, um, you know, you know, them that the people there at the races are supposed to be really good now. You know, where back in the day, we could get away with just getting back on the bike. So I, I'm trusting that, you know, that he was he was guided right. And yeah. he, he made the right decision, you know. Because, you know, I, I don't think the Maastricht guys and, and, and the medical guys, they don't mess around with that anymore. Yeah. You know? No, I, I think, you know. It's kind of a testament to your point. You know, back then it seemed, I mean, you're kind of uh, living walking proof. You know, it. Ooh. you wrap yourself around a tree and then, I mean, I, I don't know how the race went for the rest of the day, but you kept going. And, oh, and people... I, don't, I don't, no, no, Jake, hey, hey Jake, you know, what? About, you know what you don't remember? That race, Southwick. So I went and got, you know, evaluated for that. I don't remember. I didn't remember two weeks before the race. Oh, I don't wow. remember. I don't remember two weeks after the race. Jeez. And and I had to remember names again, even my best friends. Like I knew my friends. I knew everybody. Like I didn't forget their faces. Yeah. But I forgot everyone's names. Mike, have you seen again. have you seen the video of him hit? There's a video of him hitting the tree at Southwick. No, I haven't. I, you should I'm look not, it up. I ain't watching it. No, it, <laughs> no. it's uh, 
Scott, I'll take your it's word for it. Right. I'm, I even, I I'm glad you're Scott. here, man. Scott, have I you seen? I mean, I don't, have you seen the video? I didn't. I didn't even go off the track. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that, and then I, and then like later on, I tried to, I tried to find it, like ESPN, like the or whatever it was. The only thing I could find was they cut the first three laps out of the videos, and then the the where you can find that video now is only like on like the Fox video, like like some people had it recorded, but like I thought it was on YouTube. Actually, if yeah, like a well, I went. Like if you if you look up like the ESPN Moto Number One of Southwick, it won't start. Like if it's a legitimate one that was on TV, it yeah. won't it won't it starts the third lap in. It's oh weird. really? It's weird, yeah. And yeah. you did that in the first two laps, then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird because I wanted to find. I was searching for it, you know, like later on down the road. Because I was like, I wanted to see, like, because that tree was leaning over the track. Yeah. You know, I kind of like jumped in the corner, of the inside, and but there was a big kicker that kind of threw me up higher than normal, and I just clipped my head on the tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They won't. They don't use trees as borders anymore either, though. No. No, and that so like. Uh... Just getting back to the whole safety aspect and and things like that, you know it it. And again, also the knowledge now that people have about brain injuries and things like that, it it seems like, um, unfortunately, there was probably a lot of of guys in your generation of racing that had to pay the price for people to realize, hey, you know, if you smack your head good enough, you know, you're not right. So we need to start taking it serious. And I guess now it's good for for the moto community as as you know we progress the technology is getting better and, and helmets are getting better and things like that but um you know it's uh yeah man it, it's it's just crazy to think that you know it's it's crazy to think that you could actually wrap your head hard enough to uh to not remember things for you know two weeks before and after it happened you know it's no, that's I just know. nuts yeah but i just found the video did you the the video? If you, just, if you just type in Scott Sheik Southwick nineteen ninety seven crash, is like the second video that pops up. Oh no and, way! Yeah, yeah, I ain't watching it. You can't really see like you can. It. I mean, you can. You're just laying there. I'm just telling you that. <laughs> <laughs> Mine, my, my my Sacramento. I there was like a downhill. Uh, a step down at Sacramento in 2001 or something like that. That's when I, that's when I stopped for good. But I clicked a neutral. I clicked a false neutral off the step down, and that was an ugly crash too. I mean, I went. Ugh. Yeah. I I you know what I I don't like. That's the worst sight is when you see somebody lifeless like knocked out. Yeah. I, I, I do not like it. No, you know, they just, I was just going to say, you know, I don't even, like, I don't when even I hit that, Hey, when, when, if you watch me hit that tree, I look like a rag doll. I'm right. like, yeah. Oh. But yeah, no, that's, that's, that's what I was going to say. I don't even like watching videos of guys crashing. Like when they, they played that McAdoo crash. I mean, you know, after knowing yeah, that he was good, 
it was yeah. it was like okay he's good but just to watch that happen it was it, i mean it's kind of like a yeah you're like oh my god he and then he got tossed the way he did it was nuts I know. But, yeah it was a video game crash looked like yeah yeah really so i know and you can't you know what anybody and i don't care i'll tell you i'll tell anybody anybody that rides a freaking motorcycle yeah you're not right in the head to start with (laughs) you're not right i don't care you can't be right no, and I got. I don't, re- I don't even. I don't know. I don't even know what I mean by that. But you know, you just got a little. You got to be a little bit off, just to, um, you know, to just to want to do it. You gotta yeah. have. Everyone's gotta have a little respect for a guy to swing a leg over a motorcycle. I think. Yeah. 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 I think so. There's a lot, a lot of respect given too from, from, and I think that's what makes the motocross, the the whole community, as good as it is is because of that respect to one another, you know? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So being like in, in the position that you're in and, and having been through all of the, the racing and the different experiences you've had in the, in the industry and at factories and things like that, when you're watching these guys today, I mean, how does it compare to, I mean, obviously Ricky was great, right? So Ricky was, was phenomenal. And I would say, you know, I don't know if he necessarily started this era of incredibly fast, incredible, you know, motocross racers. But um, when you look at the guys today and the pace that they run and the training they do and and the racecraft they have, how does it compare back to when you were racing? I mean, was it was anything similar? I mean, did you guys you trained? Yes. But did you do, I guess, to the extent that that we see a lot of these guys do today where they have these boot camps and they have, you know, uh, months and months and months of preseason training under their belt. And they're, you know, everything is dialed to a T. Did you guys yeah, do we, stuff we, like that? We, yeah, but we kept it to ourselves. It was very private and it was, it was mainly just done and it still is. Um, there's a lot of private and things done that are done like within the factory stuff. Yeah. You know, um, like I always, I remember when I used to, you know, I used to get a VO2 test and, you know, uh, you know, that's when you got the thing on your face, you know, you're doing that, you know, I yeah. get that, I get that done every year, but I wouldn't tell nobody, you know what I mean? Right. Like I didn't want nobody to know. Yeah. You know what I was doing and, and still it's like that, but, um, um, I think everything's pretty much the same, except that, that, you know, the bikes and the technology has gotten so good, you know, and, um, you know, I mean, you know, the, and the pace, you know, the, the way you can ride the bike is, is, is so much better, you know, Yeah. but, um, but, you know, the bikes, you know, back then, I mean, I, I, I mean, we rode them the best you could, the fastest you could ride them bikes back then, you know what I mean? You're not yeah. going to break out no 97, uh, 125 and go out there and, you know, ride it as fast as, uh, you know, 250F, you know, with the, with what they, they have. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just, I, I thought that would, uh, I've just always kind of thought yeah. how, how that's, 
I guess how the sport has evolved. I mean, you watch like if you see any of the old school motocross videos and stuff, like, um, like I always thought it was cool, like the the old school style whips yeah. where guys were like hanging half off the bike, and now it's. Yeah, I don't you, think it's it's, but unfortunately, it's not that extreme. That's what I used to look at, you know, for like nine, you know, my era, but like from my era to like what it is now isn't, you know, so much that extreme. Yeah, you know the 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 um the technology and the bikes have gotten you know way better, you know the 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 way they're the the whole chassis and and the mm-hmm. I mean there's so much improvement that they did just with the chassis and the suspension it's just it's it, it, it you can go so much faster with the the new bikes you know yeah that's, but 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 yeah but it's not like the mono shit like my era wasn't like like to this era it wasn't like mono shock you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah you know um, um it, it's still it's still very similar you know what mm-hmm. i mean like um it like it would be it would have been like during my time it would have been hard to work with you know a top guy from from the 70s 80s you know what i mean because i don't think they could have they couldn't have related with the technology in 97 i i can still relate with what's going on out there now yeah i know um so there there is a big difference it was a big you know but this technology still does you know a lot better you know what i like you know technology wise i mean i love my bike you know, I love it, but for me being 47, I love that push button that kind of just starts <laughs> yeah. the bike right up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, electric start is the way. I remember uh, last summer I just picked up a KTM 350, and uh, that was the first bike I had with electric start, and it was kind of, yeah. it was like, it was weird because I you look for the kickstart for the first couple yeah. times, and then you're like, oh, yeah, sweet, I got a button. So That's <laughs> what it, I did. I was at Bro. <laughs> I pull up to my wife at the first time out on the bike. I pull up to my wife and I'm all tired, you know? Yeah. And I'm just, you know, when you just sit there and you just don't want to move because you don't want to start the bike. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. a 450. Well, that's what I was doing talking to her. And I was like, well, I suppose we could go back now. And I went to reach down for my kickstart. Yeah. And I was like, and instantly i got so happy i'm like wait a second i was like hold on check this i was like check this out babe and i hit the button and it was just like ah that's awesome i'll just i'll just cruise back to the truck yeah 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 (laughs) no that's cool man that that is that's that's cool so if you um kind of tying into to the previous question looking at at things from your perspective now what do you think of the riders? I mean, if you had to pick a guy either in the 250 or the 450 class right now, who are you saying is is the guy like that that you look at and you're like, "Man, that that guy's got it. Like he's he's going to be phenomenal for a long time." Not necessarily like the next Ricky, but, you know, the goat of our era, I guess you could say. Well, it's kind of it's it's hard it's hard to it's really hard because because there's so many there is a lot of great riders you know like but it it depends what what you're what you're asking like like are you thinking like 
I mean, of course, I'm going to tell you right now that 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 little Nick Romano is going to yeah. be somebody. I can tell you that right now. Unless, but you know what? You 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 look at the sport though, you know, and 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 it is it's very up and down, and and anything can happen. You know, I've seen I've seen some great great riders where I'd swear that was going to do make it or even 10 times better than what they did and they didn't you know yeah and it's it's that the sport is that demanding well you know? well so, so i guess to to break it down like if you were to look at a guy in the 250 class right now who would you say like I, i'd say there's there's quite a few guys in the 250 class that you know um you look at the west championship and they've got a uh they've got a pretty close points race with Christian Craig and, and Colt Nichols. And then in the East you have Justin Cooper, but those guys, you know, they may fade out after a couple of years. Who do you look at and you go like, man, that, that guy is going to move up to the four fifties and really just, he's going to kill it. Is there anybody that you look at and you're like, man, that guy's awesome. Or is it kind of just. I'm not, I, I, I definitely, definitely Definitely, I, I like I like Justin. I like Justin Cooper. I definitely, definitely he has uh, definitely could have a very promising future. I can see him. <laughs> I could, I could definitely see him um, doing very well, being one of them riders that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and uh, but you know, I mean, as much and I I love to see. I I like Christian Craig and stuff like that. I mean. I was really good friends with his father um, mm-hmm. and raced with his father, you know, for years. Um, but he's a little bit older and, uh, you know, it's just, but you never know, you know, I mean, that kid has such good, he has such heart and, and, and there's guys that are, that are staying to 35 now because, yeah, because, you know, of, you know, the bikes and the technology and, you know, and, and, and all that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, but you know, I, I, uh, so you, I, 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 I just, you know, I'm, I'm gonna say Nick Nicholas. I want to say Romano. Yeah. Even though, uh, hold on, sorry. What's that? Yeah. Dogs. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. We get a little bit of everything on the show. We get, you know, I got alarms going off. We get every now and again, Chris's dog will start barking and it's all right. We, we, uh, we call it the privateer podcast. We don't necessarily have a whole studio set up and everything like that. We kind of, we keep it local as we like to say. So but. Oh, then we, we have, you know, with the young riders, we got that, we, we do have that, that new generation that's going to be coming up, you know, that, that like Nicola, that, that Romano's in, you know, you got D, D, D Francisco and, yep. and uh, you got a, you got a good, you got a good uh, generation of guys that have really built each other. And, and that's what usually happens with racing. They, it comes in like little generations, you know? Yeah. Um, because you'll get a good group of kids growing up together that 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 just constantly push each other. Yeah. And that's what that's what'll be coming up real soon in the next mm-hmm. in the next couple of years. You're yeah. gonna see a whole another group of kids. You know? Yeah. No, I just I, I was curious to, to see your thoughts because like 
I mean, you when you were an amateur, let's say, and you're coming up through and guys are looking at you like, yeah, he's going to go pro and he's going to be good. Now it's kind of like the tables have turned. Now you're you're looking down on on the coming generations. And I didn't know if you had any uh, insights as to, you know, like, oh, he's, you know, the way he rides is is unbeatable. You know, I just I just picking your brain, you know, I the Ooh. wisdom and, and stuff you have. I'm just curious to see, you know. Oh, but, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's. I see it. I mean, I seen it this weekend, I can tell you, but, um, you know, but there's, there's also a lot of people that don't get the, don't get the proper help that they need or get the right direction. Yeah. So many variables, you know, it's, it's, it is a really tough sport to make it. And I mean, very, very tough. Um, you know, and then, and then on top of that, just, just in general, just trying to stay um, healthy. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, these kids could do, they could train their butt off and ride and have that speed like, you know, most of them do. And, but then again, they, they get hurt. And then, and then, uh, and then so much, so much of it is the, the mental aspect of it is, is just as important once you get up to a certain level, even, um, you know, at a certain, you know, competition level, the mental, aspect of it is 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 just as crucial as um as the it's part of it you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and not only you know being in shape having the speed and the right bike mentally you can have them to and not be there mentally um and not even have a chance you know yeah you know i've had i've had friends that i grew up like that you know that could smoke me practicing and we get to a race, and the, uh, I don't even know where they are. <laughs> You're serious. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, this guy's got it, you know, and like, you know, but, yep. Now, I got no. a question for you. Do you think, um, like, a kid growing up trying to make it, do you think he has to hit Loretta's, Minio's, you know, Freestone to really make it? Or do you think, you know, a kid can kind of stay local, maybe just do the pro-ams, get his pro license, go through, go to pro-nationals, do well, get his name out there that way? Or do you think you have to, like, go to Loretta's, do mini-O's, and spend all that money when you're younger? Yeah. You know, unfortunately, I would say that they would have to because – the only way, the only reason why I'm saying that is that because it's just so expensive, you need the sponsors, you yeah. know, and, and you need the support. If I didn't have the support, you know, and the sponsors that I had, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. You know, in order to do that, you, you need to get yourself out there and um, you need to, you know, market yourself, you know, and uh, and that's the one thing that I learned throughout racing was I learned marketing I've learned promotion you know because I had to market myself I had to promote myself and uh you know in order to get the sponsors that I needed you know as far as you know making sure I had the fast bikes you know pro circuit you know or whoever it may be you know um and uh so that's that's why I would say you know yeah you would you know, that would be a road that you would have to go down, you know, because eventually, you know, cause you don't get, 
you know, once you, you know, there's like levels, you know, so um, there's different levels, you know, there's so much support you need when you're on sixties and eighties and, and then, you know, and then it, then once you get, you know, into the pro. So there, yeah, yeah, that's definitely something that have to be a, a must. Now, yeah, I just, yeah. I see a lot of kids that I've grew up racing that have gone a, but they don't try for the res. They just try to get their pro card, and then they end up going to the pro nationals, and they they don't do anything. So I'm just like, why don't you train for a season, do Loretta's, maybe do a good at Loretta's and get support. But I just, yeah, I don't know why well, they don't try for Loretta's. Well, though, however, Jake, like if if they're if they're old enough to if they're old enough to um um get their pro card and do a national. Uh, well, it's that kind of. Yeah, it's also uh, you're like on that fine line. It's a little bit too late to go to Loretta's too. Yeah. So I, I, I was, I was more or less saying that, you know, I haven't seen many guys besides the only guy that I had seen that's really made it was John Dowd, and he yeah. didn't start racing until he was. I don't think he got a bike until he was fifteen. Yeah. If I if I if I remember correctly, because we were teammates in '94 and and we're good friends, you know even up to this day. But um, but John he started late, but I haven't I never knew anybody else that has, you right. know. But he didn't he didn't win his first championship until he was 27. So and then he lasts a little bit longer than that, but um. But I think most, for the most part, you know, everybody that's out there now, they've all, they've all started since they were kids on fifties. Right. You know, and they did the whole Loretta's thing, you know, of, and they got the support along the way to help them to get to where they're at. You know, that, and that's what I'm, I'm saying it, 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 um, you know, but not saying that it's impossible either. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's it's almost mandatory to do Loretta's and those big races to, you know, get, really make it. Well, that's if you're coming up as a kid, you know. Too. Right. Right. You know. So I got a, a follow-up question to that. You know, if, if say, take a kid like, uh, like Nick Romano, for example, um, he uh, he just recently turned 15 or 16. He's, he's young. 16, um, I think. 16. So, I mean, realistically, you know, provided, you know, he, he keeps performing and it, you know, he's been killing it. He's been doing great. I got to imagine that star racing is looking at him to probably step up to the pros next year and he could still be 16 turning 17. What do you think about these kids that, that are going through the B class and, and a class quickly and then kind of getting into their pro career when they're 16 or 17 years old do you think they're too young or do you think that that's that that's the way do you think that that's how it's going to be from now on well um well let me start off by saying i'm one of the few kids that turned pro at 16 okay (laughs) so so my father my father pushed me I used milk crates when I got on big bikes. I needed milk crates. <laughs> so 
I was I was riding expert class at age 15 and beating Carlo Cohen qualifying for you. I mean, going out and doing nationals on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Carlo. But um, <laughs> that's that's what I was doing. But uh, but there is there is, you know, so um, so in respect to that, like like I I believe, you know, moving up as fast as you can is um is beneficial you know and not you know i believe in that you know now now there also is like where manufacturers keep kids back just so they can win some championships and i don't so so there's some fine lines like now i could tell you what nick that that me and Big Nick, I've pushed them to move up as fast as they can. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think uh, I don't think they're gonna be amateur. I I believe, and I'm just saying this. I would say they're only gonna be for a year. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna mess around. I don't think they're gonna. I think. Big Nick and Nick is going to make a decision to do what's best for him. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, you know, I could see him, you know, just doing, you know, one year uh, in the amateur and then that's it. And, and Ricky, you know, you take Ricky, he was 16. Roxon, 16. He came over here when he was 16. Um, mm-hmm. There are them uh, web no, I'm not too sure about web, but you know there is them few. So, but then again, I've seen some kids. Well, Roxon had it tough. You know, he come over when he was 16, and he had a he had a he had a tough couple of years. You know, and uh, then it's like, man, the kid's still young. You know, and but um and man, he's gone through a lot. But um but but look at him now. You know, he's uh he's. He's he's been doing good, but so I you know it's a hard thing. I think it's it's a little bit a little bit of a few things individually. You know, are they ready? You know, I I don't. The only bad thing that I see about it is 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 someone getting you know a kid getting discouraged easy. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and then still being young, you know, like 20 and, and like not doing anything, you know, getting hurt, you know, year after year, you take, you know, Cincerello, it was, it was, it was, it was a little tough for him at first. Yeah. You know, um, Faulkner struggling, you yep. know, Faulkner struggling. I, I, I love, I love the Faulkners. I, I, and, and, um, I've known Austin. I used to have Thanksgiving with them every year, um, and uh, I, you know, I've known him since he was on minis, and um, great kid, and and definitely was behind him, big supporter. But you know, unfortunately, he's he's struggling, you know, and having a couple bad years of, you know, his first go around, and which is sad to see, but. You know he's got a bright future, guaranteed. When he gets on big bikes, when he gets he's 
he's got a huge future ahead of him. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd say not to wait. You know? Yeah. I think, I think hopefully, like for Nick, he just does one this, this, this year of just be amateur, and then he's done. He's pro. Bam. 17, end of 16 year. 17, he's out there. I hope, I hope to see that. Yeah. yeah. No, he's that's ready. cool. That's cool. I just wanted to get your take on that because we've, that, that conversation's come up a couple times and it seems like a lot of people have some mixed opinions. You know, a lot of, a lot of guys think, you know, if you start out too young, you might burn out and then, uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, say you got a fact, I mean, look at the amount of kids, um, right now i mean i could two of them that come to mind would be like derek drake and sean cantrell um they both moved up super young and they were on the the troyly designs ktm team and now they're i think they're both on the that suzuki team a suzuki team um so you know it's it's just a kind of a perspective thing you know do you think when you're so young that you, you put so much pressure on yourself to do well that you burn out. But if, you know, it's hard, then... it's hard, you know, you know, it's, that's a, that's a weird one because, you know, it's like, well, okay, well, if you let the kid get a little bit older, what, I mean, I mean, if he's fast enough, yeah, you know, it's like, why you know, not? Maybe, maybe the same thing would happen to him, even if he waited a couple of years or, yeah, or no, he gets discouraged that, you know, what he's doing then, you know, yeah, but there is that few. There is that few that 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 are ready. Yeah, Ricky. Ricky was out of control when he was sixteen. <laughs> he was out of control. Out of control. I, he was scary to watch. You ever watch some of his videos when he was sixteen? No. Oh my! You have to pull up Ricky when he was sixteen. Oh, you laugh. Yeah, like we I used to laugh and love to watch him. It was scary. I Ricky's a good friend of mine. I I I I, he he's awesome. So is his parents. They're just um, great people. Yeah. So I have lots of respect for Ricky, but I can tell. I man, I used to. He still puts a smile on my face thinking about him riding when he was a kid. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? He he matured he matured really fast and um and then look what he turned out to be and like i said he was out there at 16 yeah you know yeah so it all depends on the rider and it's very individual this sport you know everyone's different right everyone's different yeah me and me and steve lamson i couldn't even ride his bike i get on his bike i, I couldn't even ride it it was total opposite of mine and that's, that's factory. That's factory Honda. He, yeah. he had a completely different bike than mine. Yeah, it was like a pogo stick. I was like, <laughs> "Yep." That's cool. Well, hey man, we uh, we really appreciate you coming on and, and spending time with us and and you know sharing some of the the wisdom. And uh, I know, speaking personally, and I think I speak for a lot of people, it's cool to see you back. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you at the races and stuff. Um, but before we let you go, you'd mentioned you had some, some people that were, have been in your corner for a long time and you got anyone that you want to just give a quick shout out to and, and, and give a thank you to. 
Oh, I, I well, I have a lot, but you know, I mean, I I kind of posted everything, but you know, I mean, I have an amazing wife these days. My wife Amy is awesome. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna be there, right by my side, and and uh, you know, EJ Coon's gonna be right there by me. But you know, you know, the sponsors that I have, you know, I mean, Kawasaki. I mean, I mean, anybody that has anything, you know, comes over and sees, you know, I. You know, anybody that supports me, it's there for a reason. It's just not for support. It's things that I need. Yep. You know, um, you know, and, uh, you know, companies like, you know, FXR, you know, that I, that I got with, I did a lot of research with the company before I even tried to approach them or tried to get a hold of somebody. And I fell in love with the company and what they're about, what they make. And, um, and and I'm great. I'm glad to be a part of that family. Where, yeah. And you know, I you know guys like a hundred percent. You know Dunlop. I've been with Dunlop. Like, oh, I mean, I. It's just uh, it's good. Factory Connection is another another another. Ricky is another person that I got to work with this year again, and I'm so thankful. You know, because Pro Circuit. You know, uh, they they definitely gave me a choice if I wanted to, you know, use some other suspension. You know, I use their systems, but and I'm a big pro circuit guy. But you know, Ricky has been a friend of mine, you know, for years. And uh, and the factory connection, I mean, it just, I mean, it's nice and close. And um, I yeah. finally can I finally can support, you know, and promote. Uh, uh, you know, someone that's local. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got six locations, and he just, you know, he does such a great job. So I'm happy to be with Factory Connection. You know, and uh, but um, you know, I have a lot more. I I didn't I didn't have a list, but um, no, that's on my on my posts and stuff like that. I I post everything, but you know, the main thing is you know, oh, and and I changed with Pod this year with knee braces and i'm and i was researching that you know back in 15 before i stopped and uh that's been a great switch for me i really like the braces Mm -hmm. um and that's like one of the most important things for me too besides a helmet is knee braces yeah so i that was a big change for me and um and very very happy very happy and a lot of research for that um but um, you know, and oh yeah, it, locally, you know, Matt Cycle Center, yeah. You know, um, Chris has been great. Um, uh, you know, I've always ever since he bought the place because I was looking to buy it a lot. You know, back in '98, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I remember when he had bought it, and uh, and uh, you know, I went over there right away, and you know, it's um, you know, he's really um. You know he's just, he's just so fair. You know he's he really treats everybody good. Even during this whole pandemic, where people are even going way above retail, you know he's just like it doesn't matter. You know he'll get the units right out and not have. To, he's not he's not penny pusher. You know it's like uh, yeah. And um, you know I he's always been very supportive of me, and uh, and that that feels good. You know. Yeah, I even went over there. I even went over there and helped him out, and and he's offered me job, and 
You know, I went over there and put together like, I don't know, like 11 110s <laughs> yeah. you know, in, in a couple of days. I, I Because I just love, I love it over there. Yeah, man. So, so good hey, people, man. everybody that's over there. You mentioned posts. Where can people find you? What's uh, what's the Instagram uh, handle? Oh, my Instagram is Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik. Is there yeah. a story behind that? Iron Sheik. Oh, <laughs> back when I was. Well, yeah, it was an old wrestler thing, but the the Iron Sheik was an old wrestler back in the day. Gotcha. So, but when I was in factory Honda, I had iron on the back of my my um my pants. Yeah, they called me that was oh, the Iron Sheik. I was I was pretty, I was pretty solid back then. You know, like nobody, <laughs> like like nobody, nobody tried taking me out. During <laughs> I can tell you that you weren't married at the time. There was no need for the fluff, is what you're saying. You were no. cut up and and yeah. yeah, man. But nobody, like none of the riders, even even Ricky, none of the riders would ever try to mess with me because <laughs> i was so and that's kind of where the whole iron thing come out. i was pretty tough with as far as you know you know if, if someone messed with me they they if somebody asked for it i'd give it back pretty yeah pretty the original bam bam yeah the, yeah. the, the original <laughs> bam bam well hey man it's uh it's truly been a pleasure to to get to talk to you. Like I said, I'm stoked to see you back. It's it's great to see you doing yeah, well, thank and I'm you very much. I'm happy to see that you know things are going well for you. And uh, yeah, thank you for coming on, and um, awesome. we really appreciate it. So that wraps up that wraps up this episode, guys. Um, if you've made it this far, as always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, hope you enjoyed this this episode, and and um, hey, if you're at the tracks, keep your Keep your eyes out for the Iron Sheik coming out of retirement. And uh, I know we're all looking forward to it. So, yeah, that's it for us, guys. Thanks for uh, for tuning in. Awesome.